The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. I was talking to a friend this past week who's a member of a non-denominational community church. We may discuss the stock market one moment and the Bible the next, and it's really great fun. He had the flu, and he was disappointed that he had missed Easter. So I had to tease him back and say, well, we celebrate Easter for seven weeks. And he's going, what's with that? Well, the story of resurrection is a continuing story. On Easter Sunday, we left Mary making the first Easter proclamation to the disciples. I have seen the Lord. And I think they thought she was crazy. Today, we continue the story that same evening, the evening of the first day of resurrection. The disciples are gathered behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. Now, Nick may have changed the words to say religious, the Jewish authorities when he was reading the gospel, which is a more appropriate reading. And I'm going to make one comment on this phrase, fear of the Jews. 
in defense of our Jewish brothers and sisters and against the sin of anti-Semitism that this phrase evokes. The disciples were Jews themselves. They were not afraid of their religious identity or their ethnicity. But they were afraid of the crowd mentality that had taken over the city of Jerusalem. And they were afraid of the power that the religious authorities had asserted. They'd forgotten what their own scripture had told them over and over. Fear not, God is with you. And they had forgotten that they were disciples of a teacher from Nazareth who had just faced the same crowd and the same authorities fearlessly. They were lost. They didn't know who they were anymore. They may have been biologically alive, but they entombed themselves in their fear and desolation in a room at night. Then they heard a familiar voice saying something that they'd heard before. They'd heard, my peace be with you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That is actually my favorite verse in the entire Bible. And Jesus said in the darkness of their self-made tomb, peace be with you. And they rejoiced. Jesus was with them. But the story doesn't end here. He said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Their peace is not to come from the world because the world cannot give it. The world is doing a great job on death and violence, not peace. But they, his disciples, are not to be troubled. They are not to be afraid. And they are not to stay in this self-made tomb. As the Father sent Jesus, so he sends them. Now, there's a problem here. They are functionally, spiritually dead. And what's dead, what's lost, its life and identity can't be sent anywhere except to the trash heap to be burnt or buried. Dead disciples are pretty useless for mission. Jesus knew that. So he breathed his own life into them. Just like when God breathed life into a form of clay and a human being came forth. And Elijah breathed life into the son of a widow at Zarephath. And Ezekiel prophesied to the breath that the dry bones of Israel would be brought to life. And they received the Holy Spirit. And the disciples were brought to life. But the story doesn't end here either. Jesus challenges them to a new ministry of discernment. They are to discern whether sins are to be forgiven or retained. 
Now, in the Gospel of John, sin is not things done, left undone, or some moral act we have done or not. It is denying the revelation of God in Jesus. Jesus showed them, taught them, and revealed to them God's intentions so they would know how to find that revelation. They are to forgive. There's really no discernment about it. It's a verb. It's something to do, something to be lived. If they hold within and harden their hearts to what others have done against them or against their teacher, that sin is retained and they will not have life. They are to forgive. A week later, actually, the underlying text is eight days. And that's important because in Scripture, eight days is the time at which identity is revealed. They're back in that same room, their tomb, perhaps not quite so fearful, and now Thomas is with them. And these revived disciples are presented with an opportunity for some on-the-job training for this mission of forgiveness if they choose to accept it. Now, Thomas just doesn't buy what they're saying. And the rest of the group is just learning what it is to fill their dead lungs with the breath of Jesus. And again they hear, peace be unto you. Take a deep breath. Peace be with you. My Lord and my God, Thomas proclaims. He's put it all together. Thomas gets what Jesus had been telling them, that he and the Father were one. And at that moment, the stone sealing the tomb, the locked doors were thrown open. Thomas's sin of doubt of denying what Mary and the disciples had told him, has been thrown off. The disciples, in their forgiveness, once dead and afraid in the hardness of their hearts, are now breathing freely and can go out as a resurrected body that becomes the church. This is the continued story of resurrection. Holy Week services here at Trinity were mostly in this space, the main church. And I really believe this space was designed for Holy Week. These stone walls and and cement, they turn into a dark cave when the lights are out. Thursday night, Friday, Saturday night, in the darkness of this tomb, in dead quiet, We read by candlelight the root stories of how the people of Israel understood God to be revealed and intimately engaged in their lives. We chanted the ancient psalms of lament. And in a moment, literally at the speed of light, 
The darkness was cast aside. Christ is risen, and we rang bells and sang alleluia. And in those alleluias, we breathed in the revelation of God in Christ. You can't sing alleluias without breathing. It just doesn't work. The people of Trinity Church and every other community around the world gathered to celebrate that day of the first resurrection were brought from death to life. And last year, so was I, especially. I was here in the pews. I came into Holy Week last year after a horrible meeting with my commission on ministry, followed by burying my mother-in-law in Florida. And despite my own deep sense of call to ordained ministry, I honestly did not know if I would be allowed to continue in the process. And I didn't even know when I would know. But in this place and in the darkness, Working through the liturgy with those of you who were there, I was personally revived. And four months later, I received word from my bishop that my ministry was revived as well. These two are continued stories of resurrection. You are a people of the Holy Spirit. I've seen it and felt it in the 18 months I've been here. You are a people of prayer, a people of sacrament. You are children of the light, each and every one. And all together, you are a church of disciples of Christ Jesus. The call to forgive is a call to practice resurrection, even in seemingly small ways. For example, the food basket. It looks dead to me hiding in a dark corner in the narthex, just inside this door when you walk in. Maybe it isn't, but in the time I've been here, I've seen very little activity around it. It looks comatose. But I know there are hungry people. As an example, and I know there are others, the open table in Concord and Maynard serve dinner a night a week each, to anyone who is hungry with no questions asked. And their website says that they serve 150 dinners a week, and their food pantry distributes another 150 bags of groceries. And I'm sure there are other examples of ministries, but that's only one I've heard a little bit about. How and why the basket came to be in a dark corner is really irrelevant. How a family comes to be hungry is irrelevant until their stomachs are filled and then there's a justice issue to explore. Let's practice resurrection by regularly bringing food. Figure out what is the best and most appropriate and bring it. It'll get distributed. I'm confident of that. Live with the breath of God filling your lungs so that the Easter alleluias of your voice spill out into the works of your lives outside of these exploded doors. Fill the basket every week. 
you can bring about resurrection and continue the story. Let the alleluia of the gift of abundant life you have overflow from these doors and be signs unto the world. And may this gift of life we have in Christ Jesus cause you to never be at ease at your table until all of God's people are fed. Amen.